Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition, week number 15 edition of the Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am one of your hosts, Wes Easley, at Loafing It over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore, and we will have a very, very important announcement pinned up there to the Fantasy Impact Today Network uh, Twitter handle because the daddy of the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton, has announced today that the Baby Bowl playoff signups are live and active. Way to go, Rob. I appreciate your effort in getting that all taken care of. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm excited to get it going and actually got out ahead of it earlier than usual this <laughs> year. So um, I definitely want to want to get out ahead of it and see if we can, you know, break that 100 mark like we were we were talking about. Yeah, well, I, you know me, I, I want the 100 mark broken. I want the 200, I want the 1,000 mark broken, Rob. <laughs> so I was trying to put, you know, be like a little thumb in your backside there going, come on, come on, Rob, come on, come on, play off, play off. But that's, that's cool. I hope to work on something else as well. I'm trying to plant the seed for something that I think all the baby ball participants will really love and appreciate. I don't want to ruin the surprise, though, because maybe it'll be a Christmas Day surprise that I give to everybody. Uh, well, maybe not an announcement that I will give to everybody. I'm not going to give everybody one, but an announcement that I could be able to break on everyone. It's another. I'm just going to be a thorn in your side, Rob, until I get everything <laughs> I want. Yeah, no, no. I, I I always appreciate it. It always uh pushes me to do do more and do better. And I've been actually thinking about that said surprise. So um yeah, I'm 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 uh hoping hoping we can get that going too. Well, I've been talking to your wife a little bit, you know, about baseball strategy. <laughs> and she said, Well, what you gotta do with Rob is you gotta really pass you gotta press him, you gotta push him, you gotta give him in the right direction. I said, Okay, okay, yeah. Julia, okay, I got it. I understand what to do. Yeah, she's <laughs> not lying, that's for sure. <laughs> Hey, Rob, each and every week you give us an updated schedule uh, of who won the Baby Bowl last week, but also the overall standing. So we, we're going to have a guest come on who won the Baby Bowl last week, of course, like we do in each and every week. But tell us who the top 10 are as far as the Baby Bowl overall standings, because I think we've had a slight change on the leaderboard. We have. We had a change in the guard up at the top. Uh, Max fell fell back a little bit um, down to third. but. Uh, and, uh, moving into first was Coop a fiasco. Coop. So he, yeah, Coop's Coop's out, sitting, sitting in the uh, driver's seat right now. And then sports fanatic Falcons. Oh, two, three is in second. Then we have max in third, uh, JB Cho knows moved up to fourth. Wow. Um, Jesse Clark's in fifth, Evan Brown dropped down a little bit to sixth. Bo McBig time in seventh DA Walker. Our winner from, uh, last week is in eighth. Um, John Chunick in ninth, and then I'm actually sitting there in tenth. Uh, I'm sitting there in tenth. Uh, wait, <laughs> I, I got to be like eleventh or twelfth, though, right? I think so. I think so. <laughs> no, yeah. My my wife's actually twelfth. Uh, so I think this is the this is the first week. Uh, this is the week the first week I passed her. She had been uh, ahead of me on the leaderboard uh, all year, so I I now have the bragging rights. And you also have the doghouse. Is the dog is that how how comfortable is the doghouse right now? Does your dog kick at night in, in the bed? A little bit, but the dog the dog's pretty spoiled. So I, I guess uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing for me because our our dog has uh, her own queen size bed. Oh so my. It, I mean, it was it's like it's the guest bed, but pretty much every oh. single night, if <laughs> the dog uh, usually every single night the dog gets up, we'll be watching TV and we. The dog will get up, and you'll just see the dog walking upstairs slowly. And uh, so we just we just turn to her and say good night, and she goes upstairs and hops in her bed. Then <laughs> at at some point she jo- she joins our our bed, but but yeah, she she lives uh she lives lavish a little bit. And for those that don't know, the the dog has been a co-host on the podcast at least one time in the past uh, year or so, <laughs> where, where we've heard the dog uh, giving a little bark or two, which is okay, because you hear my kids in the background as well every so often. But Rob, that's great, and I appreciate you getting all the play- baby will play off. That's open now for people to be able to join right now, right? Yeah, definitely. Anyone who wants to join, just just DM me on on uh, Twitter. I'm usually pretty pretty quick the, with the response, and I'm usually pretty quick about getting the uh, getting you signed up and the invites sent out. So, yeah, anyone who's interested, just just uh, message me, and I'll I'll get it get you all set up. 
Yeah, and uh, not only that, but it's going to be open all the way the week of the playoffs. we got to make sure that we get it closed mm-hmm. a couple of days early. I think three or four days early is what we usually do. So make sure you spread that word. Uh, Baby Bowl is really special to Rob, and you guys know that. But it's also special to the rest of us who participate in the Baby Bowl because we feel like we're doing such a good deed and giving back to a couple of charities as well as we have the money go there in the prize pool. So we're able to win that back not only on a weekly basis but over an, and the overall contest results as well. You get to win some money back. But that's not the important part. It's really the community being able to come together. The chat room is really cool, Rob, I think, to be able to participate in. We got a lot of big names in there. So people who create a lot of great content, who drop that content in there first for us to be able to see first exclusively, I want to say, in the Baby Bowl chat room. And we're able to share that stuff as well uh, into the rest of the community. So it's really cool to be able to participate in the Baby Bowl. And I think it has a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's 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 really cool to see so many different people from all around come together and and really enjoy the same kind of thing and enjoy fantasy football, enjoy charity, enjoy you know just talking football in general. And like you said, there's a lot of lot of content creators that are that are part of it and and really um, you know get like you said, we get to see some of the, their content first and and things like that. So it's it's definitely really cool. Yeah, and get to share their content uh, as well on the Fantasy mm-hmm. Impact Today thing. And, and I get to be able to share that there and make sure I be able to retweet that out for them and stuff. And I, I really like to be able to do that. And your retweets matter, too, by the way. Let me tell you that, Baby Bowl participants. Your retweets matter. Your spreading of the word matters. Because as I talked to our winner of this week's contest, I said, hey, how'd you hear about the Baby Bowl? And what he said, and I'll let him say it, but what he said was that it came from one of you. And that's really cool for me to hear that you guys are spreading the word of the Baby Bowl out. And, you know, the, the those of us who played in it last year or participated in it last year, participated in this year, we're the ones that are kind of getting in on the ground level, which is kind of cool to be able to do that. But let me bring in the champion this week, the guy who's holding, wearing the crown this week, Chris Stankowski. Did I say that right, Chris? Chris Stankowski. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure having you. Thanks for participating in the Baby Bowl, man. We really do appreciate that. And everybody, you can follow him over on Twitter as well. It's, it's, It's an original name. At Chris Stankowski over there on Twitter. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. But at Chris Stankowski. Now, Chris. You told me earlier before the show, I asked you, and I like to part- I like to ask this about everybody. Uh, how did you hear about the Baby Bowl? Tell me how you heard about the Baby Bowl. Yeah, uh, it was day before the season, I believe. Maybe two days at most. And uh, Ben C., last year's champion, I guess, uh, he had retweeted one of Rob's posts about it. And I thought it looked pretty cool. Said, you know, figured I might as well join. <laughs> Now that that's what I was trying to say is that it, you know your words getting out there into the community help influence people or help talk to people and it's cool to be able to see Ben C's tweet be able to influence somebody to be able to play in the baby bowl. Now what what struck you about it, uh, Chris, that you liked the most about it, or what made you say, yeah, I could join something like that? Was it the money, or was it the um, giving in the charity, or what was it? Yeah, a little bit of all that. It was a uh, pretty unique uh, unique type of league. I've never seen something like that before, so. Thought that was pretty cool, and then also figured, uh, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna lose money in fantasy football, some of it might as well go to charity. <laughs> I like how you think about that. Now, Chris, you got something really unique on your Twitter handle. I have no idea what this is in your banner at all. It, it's a it's a big fist, is what it is. Now, when I zoom in on it, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, that's the that's a statue in downtown Detroit. Detroit. So does that make you a Michigan fan, Chris? Yes, uh, I, I am a Michigan fan. Well, Rob, I am sorry that we have to participate with another Michigan <laughs> fan on this podcast, seeing what happened to your Ohio State, uh, whatever they're called, Buckeyes. Yep, yep, yep. Every now and then, right? <laughs> yeah, that was a cool game, though, wasn't it, Chris? I know you were hooping and hollering, probably. Yeah, that was that was a very cool game. Probably, probably about my favorite Michigan football game in, well, I guess, my whole lifetime. <laughs> I believe that Jim Harbaugh is a cool guy. I got ties with him going all the way back to the Chicago Bear days. Now, let me ask you this, guys, because I, I can't remember. I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I have no idea. I could, if you, I, I don't even want to wager on it. You, know, you guys know how my memory is if you listen to the program at all. Uh, who is, is Michigan playing Alabama in this, fi- this first game of the Final Four? They're playing Georgia in the first game. Oh, man. Who's Alabama playing? Uh, they're playing Cincinnati, right? Yeah. All yeah, right. It was yeah. a, 
process of elimination. And I got my final <laughs> answer. Uh, what do you What do you think about Michigan and Georgia? Then, Chris, that's a that's a tough one, man. Georgia's got a really strong defense. Yeah, Georgia looked pretty good all year, but I mean, seems to be kind of a team of destiny here with Michigan oh. overperforming and everything all year. So hope they keep it up. I don't know. Yeah, that I think it's going to be interesting, Rob, with Alabama and Cincinnati too. Just because Cincinnati, I, I haven't watched a lot of their games. I only seen a couple of minutes here and there, but they just seem to be a gimmicky team, you know, a gimmicky team. And if Alabama could be disciplined and stay home uh, against that Cincinnati uh, offense, I think that they'll probably do pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it is tough. I mean, anytime it's Alabama, it's 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 going to be a, a tough game. So. I, I do have definitely some concerns. I'll be I'll be rooting for Cincy for sure. Um, so I uh, as as much as I know you're you're the Alabama guy, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be. Uh, I I do think Alabama is going to take it. Why 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 are you going to root for Cincinnati just because it's against <laughs> Alabama? Uh, well, that is a little bit a part of it, but at the same time, yeah, obviously the Ohio ties, and then actually our. Um, my my wife's i think it's my wife's cousin's kid or something like that they uh they she goes to cincinnati actually oh that, that i mean everybody knows somebody that goes to alabama too rob that doesn't make any sense just... hey let's go over these lineups from last week on the baby bowl enough college football talk it's gonna be a, what <laughs> two months before they even play those games anyway so what does it matter right uh right let's talk about these baby bowl lineups and especially about yours chris i was writing down yours and i always try to write down everybody's and make a little connection between all of our our uh, uh lineups and everything like that but Chris, what were you doing saving all these players, man? You had some big-time players on here. Let's start off at your quarterback. You saved Aaron Rodgers until right now, and he gave you 30 baby bowl points. What made you want to play Aaron Rodgers last week? And don't tell me it was because he was going against my Bears, okay? Well, actually, yeah. In his own words, he owns the Bears. So I figured he was the best best play this week at quarterback. Boy, he got he's got a little turf toe action and everything, but whenever right. he plays against the Bears, man, he does always show up for that thing. Did you see the guy in the stands too that looked like him during the game? Did they did you get the chance to see that? I did see that. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I, I think Rogers after the game said that it had to have been a plant by Fox, but. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not shy anymore. He he doesn't care. You can tell he doesn't care about saying stuff anymore. Uh, not only with the COVID issues, but just look at his hair. He doesn't care anymore. I mean, it just is. He's just a man on a mission, and his mission is just about making himself happy nowadays. I believe is what it is. All right, Rob, you and I both started Taysom Hill this week uh, going against those Jets defense. He didn't disappoint us. I think Taysom Hill going forward is a pretty good pick each and every week as far as quarterback goes. I'm not scared to play him in redraft for championship seasons or not. He's going to get the volume, I think, at quarterback. Yeah, definitely. He was he was one that I liked him heading into the year just because what we're, what we're seeing now is, I mean, getting all that rushing at, a, at quarterback, it doesn't really even matter how, unless you're – unless as long as you're just below serviceable, basically, you can uh, – you can you can make up for it with with the rushing. So, yeah, he he did look rough for most of the game and kind of saved saved his day there there at the end. So it was a little a little sketchy, but at the same time, he runs he just runs so much. I mean, how can you really turn that down? And I agree with you. I actually have a a few spots where I'm going to be using him in in my my playoffs and in, in leagues and um and over some decent uh, decent quarterbacks I've had all year. So I, I definitely like him moving forward. We both, we, all three of us went with the three running back strategy. I don't know why, I don't know why we all got so many running backs left in our, in our stable, but it seems like everybody does have a lot of running backs left right now. We're looking at these past lineups. Uh, I, but Robbie, you and I put Eckler in there. I think he was off to a better day and then he ended up getting hurt at some point, and boy, that really frustrated me because in the DFS Dreamer podcast, we always have a DraftKings contest that goes along with it. And I had Eckler in that lineup, and I was going, I'm going to get first again this week. I was so excited. I was going so excited. And then Eckler got hurt, and I went, I'm barely going to hold on to third. I may end up last place here. So I got me really disappointed there with Eckler going down. Uh, but you put in Saquon Barkley, Chris, this week, and I, w- I had him in some DFS lineups as well. 
uh, Saquon, I'm just ready for that breakout game. But I, he seems to be getting about 50% of the snaps there in New York. I don't know what to think about Saquon, but you played him on the right week. He gave you 19 baby bowl points. Right. Yeah, I really didn't have a ton of strategy with Saquon. I just wanted to get him out of the way before he got hurt again. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's <laughs> a lot of luck goes into this, I think. But <laughs> That's good strategy. Have you enjoyed the process each and every week of trying to find those winners? How How's that gone for you? Obviously, it's gone well this past week, but what yeah. about the weeks before? I mean, it's been pretty frustrating a lot of weeks, like, I played McCaffrey, I think, the week he got injured oh, in the no. first quarter or whatever. I play, had a lot of guys just going down early in what I think are going to be good matchups. But uh, overall, it's been pretty fun trying to figure out, you know, when the best time to play each player is and looking at their schedules, trying to figure out games to target them. Yeah, it adds a new wrinkle to the contest, to the year, is what it does. And the Baby Bowl Playoff Edition, uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you this right now, Chris, it adds another wrinkle. Because what you want to do, and it, this works for my brain anyway, is you want to find losers. Is what is what you want to do, because you want to be able to extend the winners longer into the playoffs. So you in you know, your first round draft or your first round matchup there, you may go, okay, which teams are going to lose? And so you want to play those players that first week or two to find teams that are going. So you got plenty of players to choose from for the AFC championship week for the Super Bowl week and so forth. So you kind of, it, it works for my brain because I'm, I can easily find losers in the baby bowl is what I can do. What I'm trying to say, <laughs> Hey, you also put in Zeke, which made a lot of sense to me as well. I was thinking about playing Zeke as well because Tony Pollard was not in the lineup at all. So this looked like a place for Zeke to be able to eat. He only got you nine baby bowl points and he was your biggest disappointment last week. Uh, Zeke, do you think that, Chris, do you think that Zeke might be just, you know, like we've seen we've seen the best of Zeke. We're not going to see him anymore be the Zeke of old. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, prime Zeke is behind us. But I'm hoping hoping he bounces back next year after all these this nagging injury this year. Hoping hoping he can bounce back next year. I've got him in some other leagues that are kind of dynasty leagues. So hoping he can kind of come back to what he used to be. That's understandable. And I, I thought it was going to be this year a little bit more. I think Tony Pollard's ready to take that, you know, the, the mantle from him there in Dallas, but I, it's still Zeke Elliott, man. You don't want to ever give up on him. I think he'll always be a good touchdown threat, a good red zone threat there in the future. Rob, for you, you get, you put Josh Jacobs in there and Sony Michelle, who has taken about a hundred percent of the snaps in the Los Angeles Rams backfield nowadays. I think uh, Josh Jacobs and Sony Michelle only gave you 10 and eight baby bowl points last week, though. I, I don't know what to think about Sony Michelle if Daryl Henderson comes back. I don't think we have to worry about that this week, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure what's going to go on with Henderson. And and yeah, it was disappointing, disappointing, you know, with Sony this past week. I I definitely expected a better performance and he got the he got the volume, but it just didn't didn't end up uh, panning out like it did the previous week. And I actually I the funny part was I was planning on using him la the previous week um, and I was just waiting to see, you know, if if uh, Henderson would get ruled out. And he did, and so I, I was like, oh, I'm going to use Sony, and I never switched it, which turned out to be fine because I, I used Gibson last that week, and he had like 23, and so they had about the same, and then I would have used Gibson this week if I had used Sony last week, and he got about the same. So, I mean, it was really a, a wash when it came down to it, but but yeah, it was definitely disappointing to see him, see him only give me uh, about eight points. Yeah, I put CEH in there, 19 points. I, I wish it was a closer game, but man, they blew out. <laughs> Josh Jacobs was sitting on the sideline too, and CEH was sitting on the sideline. There was no need for either one of those quarter running backs to play in the third or fourth quarter. I think Kansas City just blew them out of the water. And then I'm blaming Chris. I knew Chris was going to win this week. That's why I put Jefferson Jeremiah or somebody in there from the Detroit Lions who I thought was going to start until about five, until I saw a tweet by Adam Schefter, I think, that said that he was going to put the other guy for Detroit in there at running back. And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad I didn't put him in any lineups until I looked at my baby bowl lineup uh, preparing for this show. And I said, oh, man, I stuck that guy in that Detroit line. Oh, that's terrible, Wes. Terrible. And so I was, again, Rob, I have a consecutive weeks now, at least two, at least two, where I have found a player to give me zero who is an actual player on the field. So I'm doing really well at that, Rob. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, it's, it's a uh, tough to do. So I commend you on that, but, <laughs> but no, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 on a, on a, on a serious note though, that, that is, that is frustrating, especially with that situation. It didn't, mm-hmm. it seemed like, it seemed like, you know, I was trying to figure out since we heard that Jamal Williams was going to be out, which guy, what was, was it going to be Jamar Jefferson or was it going to be, um, Godwin Iguabuke or whatever I think that's his name and yeah. and from from everything I had seen was kind of leaning towards Godwin Iguabuke as a as a more of the pass catching and Jamar Jefferson would get ten to fifteen carries and then all of a sudden it was neither of them basically and that Craig Reynolds got got everything so go figure but yeah so I was I was kind of glad I I. I was in a situation what we talked about earlier where I have so many running backs left that I wasn't, um, you know, looking to use guys that I thought might get volume at that point. And I was just, I I was lucky enough to not have to use one of them. Yeah. I've decided not to talk to you the rest of the show, Rob, after you. Hey, Chris, you put Najee Harris in there. What a guy, what a guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope they invest in some offensive linemen. I don't know that that team in the future, Chris, the Pittsburgh Steelers look like they're in trouble to me. The talent's just not there on that team. Overall, they're hurting on the offensive line, which we all know from being football fans that, that, you know, the strength comes from within for a football team. If that offensive line isn't good, then they're in dire needs. And then, they don't have a quarterback either. I, I, I'm really curious as to what Najee Harris is going to be in dynasty and so forth going forward, Chris. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously you can tell the talents there. Najee's one of the more talented backs in the league, in my opinion, but he definitely, definitely is going to have a rough stretch here with Ben, obviously going, going downhill and that offensive line hasn't been able to block much at all this year. So did you paired up Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers? Did did you see the move that Devontae Adams made? I've always said that I would love to see Devontae Adams on a dance floor because I just think that he would be fantastic on a dance floor. And did you see the move that he put on the cornerback of the Bears and the Bears guy just slipped down and it was just a, a waltz into the end zone? Did you see that one? Yeah, just put the Bears guy right on the ground. That's I mean, he's obviously one of the better route runners in the league. So you see that every couple of weeks, it feels like, with Devontae. Unbelievable. And I, I think I tweeted out where I can't wait to see how Deontay Johnson does with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but man, I don't know if uh I don't I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to lead Devontae Adams side or vice versa. And I know there's all the off field stuff that we we look about each and every year in the offseason with the Green Bay Packers, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that unhappy in Green Bay, Chris. I know you mentioned Dynasty before, so you gotta keep your eye on that. What do you think about that? that Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. Does he seem unhappy, happy to you? Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to think most of the time with Rodgers. He, he's a weird guy. He, he says one thing, <laughs> then, and a couple months later, it seems like he's having the time of his life playing there. So I don't know. I think he really likes a lot of his teammates, and mm-hmm. that you know that might influence him to maybe stay. I know, I know his problem seemed like it's been with the owners and management, so we'll see. Yeah, I think you're right there. You also put KJ Osborne in there. I think that's his name, KJ Osborne from Minnesota, uh, being out, uh, being out there with Adam Thielen out for that week, and he gave you 17 baby bull points. I think that was a very good p- position to be put in. Speaking of quarterbacks going into next season, you ended up uh, putting DK Metcalf in your lineup, Rob, and we got Russell Wilson. And as we're thinking about these things going forward, because in dynasty leagues. Am I right in thinking that now is the time to be making trades if maybe you didn't make the playoffs because those teams that made the playoffs may be hurting, especially in this COVID year where everybody seems to be on COVID, Rob? Isn't this the time to be making trades in Dynasty, or am I wrong on that? No, you're you're, you're uh, spot on there. They It depends. You know, some, some, some people have different philosophies in terms of um, keeping the trade deadline open all year. I mean, if you... You know, you'll get most of the dynasty, like dynasty players that really, really love dynasty that say to keep the trade do- trades open at any point all year. And, uh, you know, especially if you're out of it, you can really take advantage of those situations and trade away guys to desperate uh, guys that are like near the end of the playoffs and trying to win, win it all. So, you, uh, if you if your league if your dynasty league has that option definitely go for it 
and make sure you're always always checking. That's one one thing I've noticed with the great dynasty players is they're they're looking at trades every single week and really really you know analyzing when would be the best time to buy a player, sell a player, and things like that, and seeing how much they can get for each each one. So DK Metcalf is he a buy or a sell right now? I, I don't think you can get a lot for DK Metcalf, but I mean the talent is there. And at the same time, Russell Wilson might not be there going forward. But then again, that may be the best thing for DK. I don't. I don't know. I know it's it's, it's weird. It's a weird situation right now. I feel like, um, yeah, he's on such a down downward trend right now. And like you said, Russ, it's a chance Russ may not be there. So there's a lot of uncertainty. I would if I had DK in in uh, any dynasty spots, which I actually don't really. Um, I would. Either be hold, I would be holding because I don't think it would be worth trying to sell them for what you'd get right now, and then I would be trying to buy, um, if if you can. And again, obviously, I always give the caveat that buying is and selling is relative to the value you're getting on return. So sure. it just depends. Okay. Also, you put Mike Williams in there. Mike Williams gave you 12 baby bowl points, while DK Metcalf gave you eight baby bowl points. I put Julio Jones in there, not knowing when I'd be able to use him uh, going forward. I figured I'd squeeze a little bit of juice out of him. Uh, see how I did that? Julio Jones juice. He got that. And then, uh, <laughs> and he only gave me seven glasses of orange juice last week out of the baby bowl. I also put CD Lamb in there. I expected a little bit more out of CD Lamb, to be honest with you. And I only got 15 baby bowl points. I went ahead and stuck your Austin Hooper in my tight end. Uh, line up there in baby bowl and he gave me 14 points he was the only healthy tight end there this last week i don't know if cleveland browns have any healthy tight ends this week though is is uh and joku gonna come back this week rob i'm not sure on that um i thought i thought i had heard the most recent thing that i had heard was that he should be back so if so i mean he could make a good baby bowl or dfs uh play considering and um, otherwise, I mean, I think Harrison Bryant should be back. And if so, if both Njoku and Hooper are out, then uh, Harrison Bryant makes makes a decent play. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of kind of weak for Baby Bowl in terms of. I mean, obviously, it just depends on how many how many guys you have left at the tight end spot. But I know in um, I was looking at DraftKings a little bit, and I think he's like the minimum price. So if both of them are out, he he could end up being a pretty solid play for the minimum price yeah i think you're right there and uh you both had kittle in your tight end position and chris kittle george kittle has just been carrying the san francisco 49ers the last couple of weeks doing really really well since he's come back off of injury uh especially after that you know that first week i think he eased into things but man these last two weeks he has just been a draft kings a fantasy a baby bowl uh superior tight end yeah, you can never go wrong with Kittle. I mean, especially his last couple of weeks, Debo had been hurt, and then and uh, Garoppolo, you know, always leans on his tight end. So can't now, really you, go wrong with Kittle there. You say you can't go wrong, and I am down here. I am now fishing through my baby bowl lineups, which is not the easiest thing to do. And I'll tell you, I played Kittle. I'm gonna get. I got 11. I got 12 out of Kittle. I played him the first week, so I did wrong. I did. I didn't do that good with George Kittle. But man, 34 is something special out of George Kittle for those baby bowl players. Do you think, uh, Chris? Do you think going forward, Travis Kelsey? I, are you a little bit worried about him if you are a Travis Kelsey coach in fantasy leagues? Are you a little bit worried about his production? Yeah, I've I've got a lot of uh, shares in Travis Kelsey across my leagues, and it's it's definitely definitely been worrisome this year. I know, obviously, he's getting a little older, and Mahomes has struggled a bit more this year than he has in years past. I'm not really sure what to think about him. Hope, hoping he can get back to, you know, being easily the best tight end in the league, but yeah. I, I hope so, too. I'm not sure if it is. I think there's probably an injury issue going on there. I know he had his back injured a little bit earlier this year, so maybe it's just it's really hard to come back from that. He takes a lot of abuse, man. He's caught a lot of passes. That It reminds me of the Rob Gronkowski situation a little bit and what his production has been over these last couple of seasons compared to Rob Gronkowski's. And 
you know, that year off for Rob really did a wonders for him after he got back into football shape. So maybe we could, I don't want to say we'll see something similar to Travis Kelsey, but man, he's played a lot of games these last three years, a lot of games. Hey, that's Chris Stankowski, our winner of week number 14 on the Baby Bowl. And Chris, it has been uh, great to be able to not only talk to you tonight, but also hear your story about how you got involved in the Baby Bowl uh, and and how you you know heard about it from the other people and everything like that. And so it's really cool to be able to hear that story from you and to be able to watch how you participated in and made your lineups and so forth for this. And I, I got to take a little sneak peek at your lineup when I was getting our our game production here all, all set up. And I, I did see how you said you kind of struggled putting together lineups. And it's always a tough thing putting together those baby bowl lineups. I, what Did you have a strategy going into the year or were you just kind of like, okay, I got to feel this thing out? Uh, yeah, going into the year, I kind of kind of knew I'd have a tough time, you know, never never done a one and done league like this. So my main strategy was try and, you know, have at least a few competitive weeks and then then try and go for at least one weekly win. So I kind of saved up some guys that I knew I would want with, you know, Rodgers and Adams and Kittle and uh, waited for when I thought they'd have a real good matchup and threw together about the best lineup I could trying to go for the weekly win. Now, Rob, I know I've talked about doing baby bowl with different sports. And if we ever going to do a baby bowl you know, strategy here with NBA basketball, I think Chris is our guy, as I've trolled him around on Twitter a little bit, because he really likes basketball more than anything else. Uh, and he's a big Nikola Jokic fan. He's a Joker fan, uh, which Joker, he's, he's really come along as an NBA player. I've never seen somebody, I don't know, develop as much as he is. He seems to put a lot of it into his game in the offseason, Chris, a, a bunch of that. Yeah, I think he's one of the most talented basketball players of all time. Honestly, you never see a guy his size that doesn't really look athletic at all or anything do the things he does. It's just super fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what do you think about that, Rob? A little NBA baby bowl action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd have to we'd have to look into it. It'd be interesting to see. I'd have to I'd have to think about how we would go about this because filling out lineups and things like that, and it would be interesting though. But yeah, also, I, I mean. You know, every, anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge, huge basketball fan, NBA fan as well. And then, and uh, yeah, Jokic, he's 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 insane. I mean, I, I agree with what Chris said. Like he he's got to be one of the most talented there is. And and you know, like he said, like most a lot of guys get by on uh, size and athleticism. And while well, he's got size, but you you look at him and you're like you see him <laughs> running up and down the court and he looks uncoordinated half the time <laughs> and he's just but he's just putting up ridiculous numbers night in and night out and it's like nobody can stop him he's making ins- insane passes he might be i mean i i would i could go so far as to say i think he might be the best passing big man of all time and it's it's just insane to watch him out there uh, well, it, today's NBA is so soft, you guys. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> it is soft compared to my 80s NBA that I used to watch. And I there's a reason why big men didn't pass the balls because they were trying to defend every every single aspect of their bodies and the the star player on the other, on their team's bodies as well. We had bruisers out there as centers, and now you guys got all the finesse centers out there in the league. I mean, Javal McGill is a center in the league. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah uh uh yeah i don't know i i i kind of think so i i always have the thing of where like i always it's it's tough i mean i i, I see what you're saying and definitely in you know it's got the the 80s has the reputation of being the the rough you know physical time and i think it's more or less just that the 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 refs allowed more um i don't necessarily like I, I kind of like the way I always explain it to people is I don't think it's the fact that like, cause I, you know, I have a lot of people that will say like the guys nowadays are soft and, and then the guys, the guys, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to hang back then. And I just, I just think ultimately basically players adjust to players adjust to the game as it is. So uh, it's always hard for me. Cause I always get in a lot of, a lot of arguments with people about, about, 
you know, different eras across, uh, across the NBA. And I just, I always, I always try to avoid it because I always get so worked up, <laughs> but it's just, it, uh, it, it, it always is. Uh, it's interesting though. And I always, I, I do love watching like all different eras and it's, it's, it's interesting to see how the games change so much and, and uh, what it, what it was before, what it is. And, you know, it's all about preference at that point. Yeah, I think the players do adapt, and uh, your pinned tweet as as a guy who would have adapted into any any era of the NBA is Kobe Bryant. There, Chris, is who you got pinned on your tweet right there, and I think that he was a transcendent player that would be able to play in any NBA era. And he was a tough guy, in my opinion. No, he was a pretty tough guy. And if you sent him on his backside in the game, he was going to get you back eventually during that game. Maybe not with an elbow, maybe not with anything, but man, you didn't want to fire up Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You got him mad and he'd, he'd score 50 on you real quick. <laughs> I agree for with sure. you. Speaking of scoring 50, we look at these games ahead here coming into week 15 to try and find some good baby bowl production from some of these players coming up. And that was Chris Stankowski, our winner, number week number 14. You can follow him over on Twitter, at Chris Stankowski. And, of course, you got Rob Norton, the daddy of the baby bowl on this podcast as well, at Norton0723, with a pinned tweet on his account as well about the baby bowl thing. Did you put the baby bowl playoffs on your pinned tweet, Rob? Yep, yep, I got it pinned up there. So anyone who goes to my uh, my Twitter can uh, see it right there, and then um, then just DM me from there. We'll get it going. At Norton zero seven two three, the entry fee is only twenty dollars. Only twenty dollars to have was it four or five weeks of playoff fun? I think it's four four weeks. Yeah. Okay, four weeks of playoff fun uh, was what you are able to get for that. And and like I said, half of it goes into charity, and the other half goes into the prize pool, which is always a cool thing. You can also check me out on Twitter, at Loafing It over there on Twitter. I will pin that on the FI Today with a little underscore uh, pinned handle thing. I'll pin that over there as well. And we're going to try to get to over 100, 100 participants in the Baby Bowl playoffs, if not 200, Mr. Norton. But we're looking for some good matchups and scores this week. And, and guys, there's not a lot of high game totals to try and focus in on this week. As far as the games go, there's some games on Saturday. There's some games on Thursday. There's a game, or at least a game on Thursday. And then there's games on Sunday and Monday as well. And there's only one game with an over 50-point total, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. Do you guys have any Kansas City Chiefs left or any Los Angeles Chargers left that you're going to be able to put in the baby bowl? Chris Stankowski, I will ask you first. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got Herbert left, so I'm Uh-oh. definitely debating putting him in this week. It looks like probably a good week to use him. Probably Herbert or who else might you want to throw in a quarterback position? Uh, I hadn't really, I've, I mean, for my lineup, I'm down to very yeah. few competent quarterbacks. I've got, <laughs> got Herbert left. I mean, Taysom Hill, we talked about earlier, he's going to have a solid floor no matter what. Hmm. Um. Yeah, he's in a weird. He's in a weird matchup, though. Uh, I think it was is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if this is like a week that you don't want to play Taysom Hill, I think that would be this week because that Buccaneers run defense is just so tough, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they they got to get yards somehow, though. I mean, yeah, Taysom Hill running running as a quarterback obviously a little different than out of the backfield too as far as defending it so i don't know yeah i i agree with you that you're right there that's a very good point you had me at herbert though you had me at yeah. herbert <laughs> what about you rob are you looking at any quarterbacks besides those two or three of course with patrick mahomes that you want to play but we i'd imagine a lot of those people a lot of our baby ball participants have those big names off the board already at least if and if you don't, you should. You, you know, you should be clearing them out at this point. Uh, we only have what fifteen. This is week fifteen, sixteen. 17. We only have three or four weeks left. Three weeks, yeah. So oh there's my. only only three more quarterbacks that are that you're gonna choose the rest of the year. So definitely start getting <laughs> those guys out of there. Um, uh, and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put Davis Mills in there, quarterback this week. That's probably what I'm gonna end up doing. Uh, why would right? I do that to myself? Why would I do that? <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. Um, I wish I had Herbert left. Um, I uh, I'm down to basically, in terms of guys that I just really really have to use over the next three weeks. I only really have two guys that I, I feel like I pretty much have to use, and that's Dak and Rogers. And then 
other than that, I have guys like Russ, Kirk Cousins, Burrow, uh, Bridgewater, Roethlisberger, Tua. Um, Tua is someone that I'm kind of kind of debating on this week. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Dak myself, but Dak's been struggling a little bit lately too, so it's, it's it makes me nervous. And um, but but yeah, Tua's in a nice spot against against the Jets. The I mean, the Jets have been awful, and Miami is basically at a point where they weren't even running very much to begin with. And now almost all their running backs are either hurt or COVID or whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just throw it all, all game on, on the jets. And it kind of makes me uh, interested in two a little bit. And then, so, but like I said, I still have Rogers and and Dak that I'm debating on as well. Yeah. If I had two, I'd just be throwing the ball all the time. Every time I, I, I love, I love watching Tua talk about the, throw the football around. You know, another one too, is if people are desperate for quarterback, I say desperate, but if they don't have those big old names out there anymore, Gardner Minshew, if he starts for Philadelphia, he looked really good. And I know the Washington football team has been playing better as of late, but man, that, that Philadelphia Eagles the, uh, team looked really good before they went on their bye. And Gardner Minshew was, uh, had a lot to do with that. So I wouldn't be shying away from any of those players at all. Uh, once again, it's the Washington football team and I think that they they kind of I don't know I just I I thought they were dragging at the end of last game a little bit so we'll have to see that a little bit more uh look at running backs are there any really juicy matchups for running backs this week I know that when I look at the Minnesota Vikings going up against my Bears to me that looks like another smash spot for Dalvin Cook I I don't know about any of those names that are on the COVID list or anything like that. I know we'll want to play a Sony Michelle. I think if he goes against the Seahawks, to me, that's almost the best matchup that there is. Anytime I go up against the Seahawks, am I right in thinking that, Rob? Yeah, definitely. Um, If if Henderson is out, um, I would advise anyone who hasn't used Sony to use Sony. Um, Yeah. So, and I I like your what you're talking about with Dalvin. I actually still have Dalvin left. so I'll, I'm heavily leaning towards playing him as one of mine this week. Like I said, I have I have a lot of running backs left, pretty competent running backs. That's why I've been playing three a week for the past couple of weeks. Um, I also, I mean, I liked Chubb for a little bit um, until basically half the Browns roster is yeah. on the COVID list. But even still, I mean, with with Hunt not going to play and We've seen we not that I'm going to expect this, but we've seen when Chubb was without Hunt, and I think he was like running back three and running back six um, in in those kind of games. So he's always had the where Chubb would steal most of the passing work, and Dearness will probably get a little bit of work, but he doesn't he doesn't take away as much as as uh, Hunt does. So I'm still interested in using Chubb. Mm. The two offensive linemen are out on COVID. But, but Rob, I don't I know. know about that. I don't know about that. Hey, uh, let me ask you, Chris, over here for me and the Arizona Cardinals, They uh, James Conner is a little bit banged up. I don't. I think that he's still going to be able to play. James Conner is a pretty tough guy. But uh, we got, we're going to have Chase Edmonds coming back real soon. And this week they play your Detroit Lions. I would think that's a good spot for James Conner to play in this week. Yeah, for sure. If you've got Connor left, I'd definitely play him against the Lions. We just saw Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams both put up probably 25-ish points against yeah, and- the Lions. So definitely a good matchup there. And with Hopkins being out too, that probably funnels some more things over James Conner's way. Plus, he seems to be you know, catching the ball pretty well out of the backfield. I almost want to say, even with Chase Edmonds as a secondary running back, it was still kind of going James Conner's way. It seemed like through the air as well. I I don't know. They they really like James Conner there in in Arizona. Do you see any other running backs that you're looking at going? Oh, I got to play them this week. Uh, I'm I've been kind of looking Melvin Gordon. Uh, he came back from injury last week and looked good, and I think Javante Williams missed practice this so far all week. So oh. if uh, if Melvin Gordon's the only back playing against the Bengals, I think that'd be a pretty good matchup. A good call on your part there. I like that. Royce Freeman, too, by the way, guys. It may be the Royce Freeman show in Houston this week. I think they've already said Burkhead's not going to play this week. Going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who kind of look like a dead team walking right now at this point. I, I, <laughs> Royce Freeman. I just, I'll, I'll just say the name and, and laugh at the same time. And what, what's the other guy? I think he's coming off of IR, Rob. 
uh, Carter up there in New York, New York Jets. Is that his name, Carter? Yeah, Michael Carter. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's if he uh, if he comes off and and actually, you know, we get word that he's going to be uh, one of the top um, backs there and and get it get his normal workload, then he's he's someone to look at because Miami's not that they've been playing a little bit better recently, but they're still not a a super strong unit and and. We saw Carter earlier in the year when he was getting the full workload. He was getting a lot of, a lot of pass work. Um, granted, that was with Mike White, so it's a little bit yeah. different. But, but still, um, you know, we don't have much time left to use these guys. So, depending on what you have left, he, he could be a decent option. Yeah, for sure. Over at wide receiver or tight end, we can kind of lump these guys together. It's really weird, though, how it seems like I don't have a lot of wide receivers to pick anymore. And mm-hmm. I think what that was, Chris, last year. Uh, we ran out. I ran out of running backs early, so I was trying to pick three wide receivers throughout the year. And now it seems like I got I, my wide receivers are pretty thin. And I got plenty of running backs this year. How are you doing on wide receivers? You, I know you put Devontae Adams in there, but then you went down to KJ Osborne, so it's making me go, okay, he doesn't have a lot of wide receivers left either. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I was I was starting three receivers most of the season, and then these last couple of weeks I've been looking, and I'm like, man, I. I'm really struggling to find find a guy who I think can grab more than two or three catches a game, but uh, I've got Mike Williams still as a okay. as a guy to pair with Herbert. I, that was about my last last pairing I can throw out there. So <laughs> I was trying to do that at the beginning of the year too, and I've been trying to do that as well. I, I but when I stuck Taysom Hill in there as running back or well, quarterback, I was like, okay, I, I can't pair him up with anybody. I, I, nobody on the team I could pair him up with because I didn't have Kamara left anymore. I, is it Braxton Berrios who's getting all the targets there in New York? Do either one of you guys know? I think that's who I saw. Yeah, that was who got got, got basically like a ton of the targets last week. I think it was like 10 targets for Berrios. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a name to put out there. And right now we're kind of getting to the bottom of the barrels maybe in a lot of people's lineups, not necessarily looking at matchups, but just looking at somebody that can play. To me, somebody who has really exceeded expectations. I don't even know that he was drafted in a lot of draft rooms, depending on how, dra- how deep it was, Chris. But Hunter Renfo with the Las Vegas Raiders, he's, what, the third highest wide receiver now, I think, in in uh, fantasy right now. I could be wrong on that. But he has just really come out of nowhere. Do you think he's going to be able to carry that forward? I know a lot of it has to do with Darren Waller, but at the same time, he's the only wide receiver that it seems like Las Vegas has. Yeah, he's kind of the safety valve. Carr loves him. I don't, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. They're going to be keeping Carr around much longer either, but as long as Carr's there, I think uh, Renfro's going to be at least a good good safety valve catching you know those seven ten yard routes. Yeah, I'd love for him to be able to find the end zone a little bit more, but I don't know that he can in that Las Vegas Raider offense. Rob Russell Gage is another guy I'm looking at this week. I don't know that I played him yet, and whenever I was looking at my DraftKings stuff, I was going, ooh, Russell Gage, I need to eyeball him a little bit. Going against that 49er offense and defense, I think that they're going to have to keep up with the offense, and the defense uh, is doing pretty well this year as far as going against those wide receivers, but Russell Gage seems to be the most dependable target for this team and T Higgins really chewed up San Francisco last week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gage is definitely a solid option. He's, he's been, he's, he's struggled early in the year, but I wonder if part of it was a little bit of injury um, because he, he did well, I think last year when he got some opportunity and then he, it was, it was kind of surprising to see him struggle a bit. And then he, he's, he's come along uh, pretty strong lately. So yeah, I definitely don't mind uh, Russell Gage in that matchup. I, I'm kind of in the same boat with it, with the wide receivers. I, I have more running back options than receivers really at this point in the year, which is kind of surprising. So, but I, you know, there's some some guys that I'm considering. I, I if I go with Dak, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards maybe playing Amari, stacking him Amari Cooper with him. Um, I do still have uh, T Higgins, and then I'm also looking at. Um, Christian Kirk and AJ Green with uh with Hopkins out and they're playing as we mentioned in that Detroit matchup and that's going to be you know Detroit is just all around rough on defense so that game's you know in a dome and and those two will probably be the top two pass uh catching options for Kyler. You know what I just figured out boys? I just I just figured out why we don't have wide receivers left. 
And it's, and it's probably because we haven't been able to play any Detroit Lion wide receiver all year long. <laughs> we haven't been able to play any New York Giant receiver all year long. We haven't been able to play a Patriot receiver all year long. You know what I mean? There's some teams out there that just don't have any wide receivers to play in the baby bowl. And so we've been avoiding them. So we probably still have the Bournes on our list. We probably still have the Galladays on our list. Um, and, and, you know, just those kind of players that we just – have steered away from we haven't played a jacksonville jaguar probably all year long and that's 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 been the issue and we haven't played a jet all year long that's the issue guys it's not it's not that we've played more more than we should have it's just that there are some teams that don't play with the wide receiver position at all and that's very frustrating very frustrating you know yeah for sure you know what's funny about that too is i as you're as you're naming off all these guys these are like all the top guys that when i'm looking at my at the the list that uh my fantasy league gives you and and like all those guys you're naming are basically all my top guys in 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 my list here and and it's funny and it's in it, the other the other side the other aspect of it too is that not only do we have that but we have these ambiguous you know wide receiver rooms where there's like three options and you never know which one to choose each week so we're kind of like I know for at least for me I've been trying to in those kind of situations. I've been trying to basically avoid those guys because I want. I'm trying to almost wait till like one of their guys gets hurt, and then I play the other guys. And then with with the other, like you said, on the other extreme is is the 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 Jags, the Jets, the Lions, where there's no guys. So there's not too many in betweens, and it just feels like nothing's a sure thing at any given week with wide receivers. So aside from the truly elites, which we're I'm sure most people have already used already. Yeah. Eagles, saints, bears, they, none of them have wide receivers that you really want to use at all each and every week. And if you see them being the only ones left in your baby bowl lineup, you're like, Oh no, I got to choose one of those. At least we got like what Jeremiah grant now to be able to play for the bears. We can, we can always hope for smoke now. Uh, whenever we play with the bears. Oh yeah. That's the problem. Tight ends. Uh, Rob, you talked about tight end position, being able to pick on some teams. I think you said the jets. I think you said the Eagles are some teams that we could pick on this week. Are those both favorable matchups now for like a Jaseki this week? And, and also for a Ricky seals Jones. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I was, I was looking at Ricky seals Jones and, you know, for the rest of the year, cause he has, he has, three great matchups in a row. He plays the Eagles twice in the next three weeks. And then he has a uh, Dallas sandwich in between, I believe. And so he could be a guy that could be a, a difference maker at the tight end position down the stretch. And, but the, the, the problem is, is that he only, I think he only played 40% of the snaps last week, which was such a change from how Washington used their tight ends all year. I mean, that their, their tight end position has been a situation where, if when when Logos Thomas went down, Ricky Seals Jones basically stepped in and played like ninety plus percent of the snaps. And then when he, Ricky Seals Jones went down, John Bates played like ninety percent of the snaps. But this last week, they kind of split it pretty evenly hit between him and Bates. I'm kind of chalking that up to rust and easing Ricky Seals Jones back in off of injury. So I do think they'll go back to using him how they how they've used the tight end position all year. If that happens, I really like Ricky Seals Jones over the next few weeks, and he's a solid option here if you haven't used them already. But it is there is that uncertainty if they're just going to split the reps, and and in that case, neither of them would be a, a good play. All right, from you over there, Chris. I, I think about your guy T.J. Hawkinson up there in Detroit, and if he doesn't play because this is what I do. I look for the guys that are going to give me zeros, bro. I, I look for guys that are going to give me zeros, Chris. It just seems to be something that I end up being able to do. And of course, Brock Wright is somebody that caught my eye for the Detroit Lions. He's gotten five targets and the Bears just aren't that great against tight ends. I don't think each and every week anyway. Uh, I, I, tell me I shouldn't play a Brock Wright. Uh, I wouldn't, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think Hawkinson should be back. Uh, but he hasn't he hasn't practiced yet the start with start of the week. But uh, Matt Campbell said or Dan Campbell said uh, that he's expecting him to be back. So I'm I'm hoping I've still got him left in baby bowl. So I need him to come back at least one of these next three weeks. Otherwise, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for you know some guy who's just gonna score a random touchdown. 
Yeah, and they, they play Arizona, not the Bears. I was have yeah. my mind on the Bears because I was looking at uh, the Minnesota Vikings and, and Conklin, who's really impressed me this year, uh, doing more than I thought that he would be able to do. Of course, that has a lot to do with my guy Irv Smith being out for the entire season there in Minnesota. Uh, do you, I, I usually pick on Rob and tell him, hey, man, give us a choice of playing a tight end or a defense. And now I'm thinking I, I need the choice to be able to play a wide receiver or a defense because of how many people I'm running out of. The tight end position, it seems to be more consistent this year across the board than in years past. I could be wrong on that, Chris. I don't know what your feelings are about that or if you've even thought about it. It's just things that I think about while I stay awake at night. Right. I mean, there's been one thing I've noticed this year is a couple of new you know, rookies coming into the league and putting up good points in fantasy. Usually, usually the rookie tight ends, they don't end up doing much until their second year or third year, but... You got Fryermuth, Pitts, obviously both been good, and then, uh, I don't know. I think I think that's helped maybe even out the tight end position a little bit more, just a little bit, a little bit extra. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right on that completely. And the younger quarterbacks may be being in the league as well, leaning on the tight end position a little bit more as they try and develop the eyes to be able to go downfield and to be able to catch all the different nuances of what a defense does against a, a quarterback. I know that I've always heard that young quarterbacks really enjoy leaning on their, on the, that I'm, that, there's no way I'm going to be able to say tight end correctly in that sentence that I just put out there. <laughs> it's always, it's always a tricky one to be able to talk about tight ends. Brevin Jordan is another name that I want to throw out there, Rob, because he seems to really have got a connection with Davis Mills and uh, it just, it seems to be the, the, tight end now in Houston. I know we can't find a lot of little nuggets for Houston, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that Brevin Jordan name because he he did put up some fantasy numbers last week, uh, which is you know 12, 12 fantasy points. But at the same time, at this point of the season, we those Brevin Jordans are maybe what people are looking for. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because Brevin Jordan was always a guy I kind of liked in college. He was more of like an athletic pass catching style tight end and um you know that's what you want when you're looking for fantasy obviously so it's interesting i've heard i've definitely um seen his name mentioned a lot over the past week or two in terms of uh a lot of people who are really big into dynasty a lot of people are saying you know brevin jordan is a guy maybe to try to buy buy cheap right now and see if you can see if he can uh pan out the rest of the year and into next year so it's definitely a, a good call out there all right. Well, that'll put a wrap on our week number 15. Look ahead. Only three t- only three weeks left. Three opportunities to play whatever players you have. And please, uh, don't don't sit there and look at that last week going, oh, man, I, why do I have so many quarterbacks? Why do I have – why didn't I play that guy? Why did I – play him now. Play him if you got him. That's always the rule here on Baby Bowl. Play him if you got him while they're healthy. And by the way, and th- there are going to be teams that sit out their star players – that last week or maybe even two weeks due to injury or maybe just due to sitting out or maybe players wanting to sit out too. So take advantage of the opportunities you have to be able to play those good players in the baby bowl. And hopefully you can avoid the big zeros, the big sombreros like I get every once in a while. Chris Stankowski, you did a wonderful job tonight on this podcast, your first podcast ever. And we really do appreciate you taking the time out to do that with us this evening. Right, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm I'm hoping to win one more week. I've got a lot of a lot of good. I think I've got a good lineup this week, so maybe oh. maybe I'll talk to you again soon. Listen to the champ now. The <laughs> champ. He's got a little Ric Flair action going right. on there. Woo! All right, Chris Stankowski. At Chris Stankowski over there on Twitter. Please make sure you give him a follow and show him some love. And Chris, we do appreciate you not only participating in the Baby Bowl this year, but uh, sharing that tweet about the Baby Bowl playoff edition coming up and everything. We do appreciate you, and it's been a blast having you on this podcast as well. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you in the future. Rob, you did a great job. Thank you so much. I look forward to your articles coming out this week. Do you have any little hidden nuggets in there? your articles later this week um not too much I, I'll, I'll be honest i haven't even really started uh writing too much for the for the dfs one i kind of i kind of put it on the back burner until usually like thursday morning and i kind of start diving in a little bit more and then this week i actually um tomorrow is actually my last day at work for a while um taking some time off for for christmas vacation so i'll actually kind of have some more time so I uh, definitely put it off a little bit more this week than I did than I usually do. 
Well, maybe we can get your dog up there to tap away on the computer as well, and maybe That's get true. a little, maybe get a little Julia section in your in your in your uh, article as well, since so she's doing so well in fantasy sports this year. Hey, Rob, I do appreciate you not only getting that playoff edition already and ramped up over there on my fantasy league, but also taking DMs from the people who are going to be able to sign up for that. And it's only twenty bucks, and you know I always struggle with paying you. It, not not that I like don't want to pay you the money to be able to enter, but you know, for me, it's always hard to be able to mash the right buttons to do so. How do people do that? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I always accept the payments either on Venmo, um, which uh, my Venmo is at Robert-Norton-7, um, or over on PayPal, which is um, my email at Norton0723 at or Norton zero seven two three at yahoo.com. So either one of those, uh, send if you're, if you're interested and like I said, DM me and I'll, I'll, uh, get you set up and, and tell you how to, you know, give you a reminder on that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get you all going. And like you said, we'll break that hundred, maybe 200. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, you always give me good directions. It's just I, I'm an old man. Technology scares me, and, <laughs> and I don't know if I mash the right buttons or not. And PayPal, and you always tell me then. Then you give me the little extra thing, uh, which is a good advice to always make sure I do it with friends and family, so I don't have to, you don't have to pay the extra price tag, something like that that you always tell me to do. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And we are going to get together. We're going to put our heads together since you just let let me know that you have so much time off over the next week and a half <laughs> to work on this little surprise for all the baby bowl participants. Uh, I really hope to get that done uh maybe i'll be a little thorn in your side thorn in your flesh to get that done but we appreciate it rob so much for all you do not only for the baby bowl but for all of us in that chat room and everything thank you so much buddy Rob. make sure you're following him at norton 0723 over on twitter you can follow me as well at loafing on twitter follow the show edify today with a little underscore rob and i will both put that as our pinned tweet so you can direct people over that way for more participants in the baby bowl playoff edition coming up very very soon more importantly than all those other actions so fit fam we always want to encourage you to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today